And then Pastor almost went into it during his time again. Yeah. But there's grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for Chicagoland Bible Fellowship and um, what we can do, the possibilities that's inside this, uh, these four walls. Thank you, Father, for your love, your care. Uh, man, just speak through me and uh, speak to our hearts, Lord. Um, let your word be heard. And, uh, May you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I was serious when I said I'm going to be short today. Unless you all decide to make it longer. Um, Any of you guys tired? And it's the youngest people in the room raising their hand. I'm like, (laughs) I know all of you grown folks tired. You tired. I mean, I mean, you just... And you all just, could y'all use a Hawaiian cruise in a presidential suite? <laughs> Pastor showed me the video. I thought he was going to put, show it today. He showed me the video over the weekend. Nice. Nice. I hope that when I get older, hoping I get older, that our children treat us to a Hawaiian presidential cruise. He didn't hear that. It's hearing issues going on. Um, no, but I'm serious. Any of you all tired? Just you had a rough week. Maybe you had a rough month. Maybe you had a rough year. You know, life kind of does that sometimes. It's challenging. It knocks us down sometimes. Um, and things just just happen. You know, unforeseen things happen. Um, in Matthew eleven twenty four, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's looking at Major right there laying in Donna's arms. It says, I will give you rest. Life can knock you down. It can beat you up. Um, And a lot of times, we run into situations where it's actually sometimes our fault. Because we, a lot of times, try to do things on our own. And uh, we think and we know sometimes that we can do it, but it's usually probably not God's will um, this is football season. Some of you all probably looking forward to getting, getting home this, this afternoon and checking out a couple of games, and you probably watched some games yesterday. If you can imagine a quarterback playing football and trying to play football without his offensive line, taking a ball, hiking it to himself, and then trying to pass it down the field without a front line, he's going to get killed. Yeah, (laughs) Cutler, he used to be a good quarterback, and then he got to the Bears with no front line. But that's kind of like trying to go through life without having 
Christ on your side. Christ blocking for you. Sometimes Christ passing to you. Um, running the ball without your offensive line, you can get knocked down. And so we, you, in football, you got the concussion thing going on. A lot of past athletes have killed themselves, and they have a lot of issues because of concussion problems. And um, <laughs> if we don't realize what Christ has done for us, and how we should listen to his word, read his word, listen to his word, we can end up having concussion issues down the road. Um, because life, it's, you know, Lord willing, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, some of us are going to be here for a long time. Any of y'all plan on staying around for a long time? Or are you good today and... <laughs> You know, I'm good. I'm, I, I, can, I can go right now, you know. But you plan on being around for a long time, so you got to do some things that's kind of going to help you out down the road. Now, now, not saying don't, you know, don't be lazy and have that zeal about doing God's will in your life and, and just saying, well, I'm going to just, just wait it out. No, just be wise about what you're doing. You know, I... I I'll tell you a quick story. When I was a teenager, actually when I was growing up, when I was, when I was uh, before I became a teenager and when I became a teenager, this process happened, but my father, he owned a tavern on Roosevelt Road, uh, right on Central Park, and it was called the Sportsman Lounge. So he and my mom would go there, she would bartend, he would open up and close and stuff, and you know, bars, taverns, they stay open two, three, four in the morning. So they would drop me off over at my aunt's house, and her name was Aunt L. Aunt L. She was my favorite, favorite aunt. Um, and they would drop me off over there, so I would eat. My favorite meal over there was corn, sweet corn, cream corn. And I would eat corn every time I went over there. It had nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It just popped in my mind. <laughs> but I would go over there, and, and as she got older, she had, um, she, she, got breast cancer. She had uh, both her breasts removed, and then as she got older even more, she got shingles, cataracts, and just, you know, on and on and on. Well, um, my father and I, we were the only ones kind of locally in the family, so we would go over there weekly, multiple times a week, and go over there, take her to a doctor's appointment, you know, go shopping for her, take her to t pay her bills, and we did this every single week, every month, every year, every single week. So then when my father passed away, uh, that left all the responsibility on me. Now, here I am, 19, 20 years old, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I didn't really think about it. It was kind of a response, because I was used, so used to doing it, and I'm thinking, okay, it's Sunday, I better go over to Aunt Elle's house because I got to go shopping for her. I have to go get her some, <laughs> you all remember generic? When I think about Stefan's skits, he always talking about going down to generic aisle. Well, I would always go down to generic aisle and get her generic evaporated milk, like a half a dozen. I get her a 12 pack of Coca-Cola. I get her four Swanson TV dinners with the brownie pies, chicken, 
and I'd get some creamed corn because that was for me. And, um, you know, garbage bag, toilet tissue, whatever she needed. And then I would come back over and she would, now this, all of y'all going to like this. We would sit there and usually we would watch the Cubs game. I can't stand the Cubs. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Sox fan. Okay, so y'all can tear me up later. But we would sit down, we would watch the Cubs game or we would watch old movies. And all I would do was just sit there with her. Sit there with her. And she was stern at times when she wanted stuff. She had it her way. She whatever you want. But I was like 19, 20, and then she started getting sicker. She started falling down. She broke her hip, and then she started, she, after she healed from her hip, she fell again, and she just, she got tired. And she said, you know, you're getting older. You need to get on with your life. I don't want you having to spend your youth taking care of me. Uh, I'm just going to, why don't you just look for a senior living facility for me. So I went through the process of finding a senior living home for the best I thought, you know, at the time. I didn't know anything about it. And we, we found a place, when I looked at it, it was nice. When she got in there, it was terrible. Because I would go visit her, now she was only in there for a couple of months, when I went to go visit her, she, it smelled, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about probably, but and it was just like, and she starts, when I would go visit her, she started getting dementia, and she would tell me, she would look at me, at first she didn't recognize me, and then she would look at me and curse me, and then she would tell me, why did you put me in this place? And that really hurt me, um, and then it, it stopped me from, <coughs> It stopped me from coming around like I would normally do. Um, then she got really sick. They put her in hospice, and she passed away literally within two months of being in there. She just gave up. Um, it, was, it was hard on me. Um, and I thought, you know, I could have been like a typical teenager or a young person and said, you know what, I'm too young for this. I'm just, I got things I need to do, you know. Um, but I took it on as a responsibility. And I said all that to, for this message because, um, you know, sometimes we can think that we're too busy. We could think that we're too busy. Um, I was talking to, talking to the board about this over the weekend is, some of you guys, most of you all remember that we were once a church that ha didn't have a home. Um, remember praying? When we were praying, man, Lord, bless us with the building, with the facility. We had the funds and stuff like that. Then we, we, we got the building. We got the building. We said, okay, we're going we're gonna to go from uh, outside in, make sure this place is up to par, and we're going to get it together. And and next step, okay, now we're going to work on doing, doing the work of the Lord. We're going to work on doing ministry. And um, we're going to be a blessing to the community. And what, what I think has happened is uh, we've allowed our disciplines to weaken and our hunger and our burn for the gospel to drift. 
we've gotten tired. That hunger that was once there when we were looking for a place, that hunger that was once there when we found a place, it's not there anymore. Um, which leads me to the message, it's the verse, it's Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. This is kind of a summary of the book of Romans. Just those two verses. It's a summary. Now, to understand what's going on, Paul, the author of Romans, uh, previous to writing this, he's in prison, previous to writing this letter, Paul was on three missionary journeys, preaching the gospel everywhere he went, tirelessly. And uh, he was falsely accused. He was beaten, beaten by a mob, arrested, stoned, laughed at, criticized. And he's writing this while in prison saying, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. And I thought about that, and I was reading this, and I said, man, none of us have went through what he's gone through. None of us. And he still had the zeal, the drive, the passion to preach Christ in prison. He didn't say, oh, man, I, he didn't blame Shift. He didn't say, well, if you guys would have been there. or he, he just, he didn't say he was tired. He just preached the word. He preached the word. God has given us his word, the Bible, his son, and the Holy Spirit. Because of God's word, the sacrifice of his son, we're able to get help from the Holy Spirit with personal relationships. Um, think about this. You all work with me on this. Okay. The, the Holy Spirit, God's word, God himself, has, has, he gives us help with, check these out. I just wrote down a few of them. With our marriage, those of us that are married, amen? Any of y'all have ever had help with your marriage through God's word? Some of y'all should be stumping and shouting. <laughs> Sit down, Hope. <laughs> with our children. With our children. Our family. Some of us have... Yeah, I know I, I can speak for Hope and I. Our, our parents, the ones that are left, her dad, my mom, uh, my father passed away in 89. Her mom passed away a few years back. Uh, you know, dealing with crisis, uh, the death of a loved one. How about this? Financial hardship. None of y'all probably went through that. Nah, everybody in here has got it made, you know. Severe, severe illness. Any of y'all going through or have went through severe illness? We were sitting at the, uh, around the table at the meeting this weekend. We were talking about everybody started pulling out their pills. <laughs> like, yeah, you know you're getting older when everybody's 
pulling out pills, man. It's like, what's going on, man? Here I start talking about, yeah, my back, and oh, man, my hip. It's just, what's going on, man? Uh, how about this, betrayal of a friend? Um, the ability to face fear. Amen? And we go through that continually. The Holy Spirit allows us to have unconditional love. That ability to have forgiveness. That's love. Unconditional love. That's, that is Christ. Christ is love. We can have the ability to forgive others. The gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. The story of him being born of a virgin, living a sinless life, taking on the sins of the world on the cross and rising on the third day. Being seen by thousands afterwards. The gospel has power. It has power. Paul has personally experienced the power of the gospel. His life had been turned upside down. You all remember, he was hunting Christians, killing Christians, imprisoning, enslaving Christians. And then on the road of Damascus, he got knocked off his horse, got a concussion, and woke up and said, wow, okay, what do you want me to do, Lord? I'm your servant. I'll be obedient. Sometimes I wonder, okay, what is it? Was there some special anointed power that he received that nobody else has received since then? Any of y'all ever think, yeah, I, this, when I, when I, when I, this is what I want to get back to. This was my old title about getting the burn back, right? When I first got saved, I wanted to be like Paul. I wanted to go out and change the world. I wanted to go out and preach the gospel. I wanted to share with people the love of God and how it, my life had been changed around from where I was to, man, I got all of this that I can achieve for God. He can work through me. Man, I was fired up. And then it, now, years later, I'm like, what, what, what happened? What happened? His life got turned upside down. He was once killing Jews, and now he's going around the countryside preaching the gospel so that they can be saved. 180-degree turn. We can't change ourselves without the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is salvation for everyone who believes or has faith. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, it says, For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also receive, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. You want to get the burn back for Christ with your walk with Christ? This is real simple. There's nothing heavy, nothing. You want to get the burn back? Remember what you believe. Remember what you believe. Remember what you believe. I, it, it's real simple. 
we believed in the gospel, the power of the gospel, and what it can do in and through our lives. That's all we have to do. Just remember what we believe. The gospel is not a one-time event. It's a constant happening like a marathon in our life. We have to live it out. We live out the gospel every single day. We don't stop on Sunday. But Sunday should be like the Cubs when they won the National League pennant. Sunday should be an amen, high five, good to see your brother, sister, little one. Man, let me tell you how the Lord blessed me this week. It also could be brother, sister, little one, can you pray for me? Because we're around each other where we should huddle up and say, I got your back. You know, going through things, filling a need, getting love, going back to back with your brother, gaining knowledge through the word. Even being corrected to get back on track so that we don't drift so far that we say, you know what, what's the use? What's the use? Are we really too busy? Really? Are we really too tired? We look at Paul's example in life and what he went through. It's not, it's not trying to be a super Christian or anything like that. It's real simple. Remember what you believed. Remember what you already know. Live it out every day. Real simple. So in my short message with you guys, I have eight tips to get the burn back. Number one tip is feed the flame with the Word of God. Feed the flame with the Word of God. Real simple. Get in the Word. Um, I was reading a book. Pastor gave us a book. Uh, everybody on the board to read. And he talked about going over some stats on how some churches, uh, the, the, the desire, the passion, the growth, the, ex, the excitement level in the church, how it, how it dwindles. And you can never find anyone that gets in a word on a daily basis, minimum, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day. You can never find someone that's not on fire that does that. Number two, stoke the furnace with prayer. We talk about prayer, and we shouldn't wait for Sunday for pastor to get in front and say, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for brother and sister so-and-so, and we just heard about it. We should be praying. You know, I, I was sitting on the edge of my bed one morning, and I just said, there's not enough time in the day to get it through all the prayers that you want to pray for. So how can we not pray? There are so many prayer requests out there. We forget about some of the prayers that we should be praying. There's so many. Number three, worship with passion. Worship with passion. That's not necessarily, you know, standing up, screaming and hollering, raising your hands, Oh, Lord, oh. It's, it's not all about that. It's in your heart. You know if you're worshiping with passion. Worship with passion. And I'm not saying that's wrong either. Okay. Uh, number four, allow the Holy Spirit to move you. 
allow the Holy Spirit to move you. Another sermon on that, but you know, because I know you're probably thinking, well, how is that? What, 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 how do you know the Holy Spirit is moving you? Because you're not in control and you start doing stuff that's righteous and you going, that wasn't me. Like when Peter said, thou art the son of the living God, he was like, that wasn't you. <laughs> that wasn't you. Number, where am I, five? Number five, do a spring cleaning of your heart. Do a spring cleaning of your heart. Get back to burn. Do a spring cleaning. There's some things that you probably got kind of rubbed up against that you don't need to have on you. There might be some television shows. There might be some radio shows. There might be some music. There, you know, take your pick. We live in a sin-filled world. We can't help but to bump up against that stuff every now and then. So do a spring cleaning. Number six. Bring your flame closer to other flames. How many of y'all would love to be able to go to a concert that you would like to go to or, or an event or a seminar or something that you're excited about? How many, okay, okay, let's, let's do this real simple. How many of y'all would like to go to Wrigley Field today? You know, those of us that are Cubs fans. Okay, so let's take that and put it in God's perspective. How many of y'all like to get around fired up, on fire, people for the Lord? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do that every Sunday. Right? Let's do that every Sunday. You know, oh, you know, I, I, everybody goes through stuff. And one thing you don't do is you wear your feelings on your sleeve. If you're going through some stuff, cast your cares upon him. You know, dust yourself off. Come on, walk through those doors. Pull a brother or sister aside and say, I need some prayer. Can you help me out? Let's go in the closet or in the room. Let's go downstairs. Can you pray for me? Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Number seven, start making your fire useful. Best way you can do that is discipleship. We were talking about this this weekend. Discipleship. What is discipleship? A good portion of discipleship is just being a brother or sister that's going to be helpful along with God's presence, God's word, the Holy Spirit working through you for that individual. Discipleship, being a friend, being a friend of the Lord, which in turn turns around and is a, is a friend to whoever you run in contact with. But being that for a person, being a spiritual best friend, that's discipleship. We can all do that. And the last thing, spread the fire. Spread it. Just like Paul did. He spread the fire. He preached Christ. Now, in order for it to be effective, you have to make sure that that spring cleaning, that cleaning is going on, that, that prayer is going on, that getting into the Word is going on, that getting around other brothers and sisters that you can be on fire and spread it. 
being on fire. When people come through those doors, they go, whoa, it's warm in here. Ooh. These folks are fired up for the Lord. Fired up for the Lord. And they come out, come out of the cold and come into the warmth and get loved on. And guess what happens with that? They turn around and they go out there and do the same thing. There were 11 effective disciples. How many disciples we got in here? How many people did they affect? How many can we? It was just 11 of them. It's more of us in here. Amen? In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How many of y'all know John 3.16? So, God, y'all work it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of y'all want to pass that on? How many of y'all want to pass that on? Everlasting life. That's that power. Power. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for what it says in Romans. Throughout your word, Lord, really. And uh, how we can... We, it's, it's full of richness. It's full of life. And if we're going through struggles, if we're tired, all we have to do is pull up life, love, grace, Mercy, all these great words and the meanings of them, we have access to them on a daily basis, Lord. Create the burn to be stoked so that we can inspire others, so that we can be effective witnesses for you, so that we can be disciples like you want us to be. Help us, Lord. Thank you for uh, Chicago Lane Bible Fellowship. Man, I love these folks. We haven't scratched the surface on what we can and will do for you, Lord. Thank you. Take control. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.